1: Let's put all of that out there as well so we can make pass judgment about how the, uh, how the investigation was conducted, or at least the predicate for the investigation was conducted during the Obama years.
2: Right. Uh, going to one of the more interesting aspects of this, the whole steel dossier, the Carter Page uh, warrant and the rest of it, that's going to be one of those topics we hit uh, at greater length tomorrow, I suspect. But uh, a gentleman who worked with Marco Rubio, who we just heard, Lanhee Chen, the uh, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lanhee Chen, Also, the David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution and the Director of Domestic Policy Studies and Lecturer in the Public Policy Program at Stanford University joins us now. Lon, how are you, sir?
1: Joe, good morning. How are you?
2: Uh, Terrific, thanks. It's a a really, really interesting day on so many levels. Uh, What have you found yourself thinking about most in the last 48 hours or so with the, uh, the Mueller report out, at least in summary form?
1: Well, it's interesting because I think on the one hand, it it, it didn't really change the dialogue of either side. You know, the the Democrats all along have been uh, banking on this investigation. You'll notice that they have expanded the field of their discussion to say any investigation of the president. In some ways, it almost didn't matter what was in the Mueller report because they have now – uh, expanded the field beyond just the the allegations of Russian collusion to say essentially look at all these misdeeds the president's engaging in. and of course for conservatives and those who support President Trump it's a it's a vindication of what they've been saying all along regarding uh, the president's alleged collusion with the Russians so it, it's funny yes it, it is a big deal and I think it is clearly a huge victory for the president but it does not, in my mind, change the political dialogue that we're in, this really toxic cycle where Democrats and progressives believe what they believe and Republicans and supporters of the president believe what they believe. And okay. if, if that's not going to change. Tell me if I'm wrong on this, because I, uh, you could be right.
2: And in a way, I hope you're right, because I, I would prefer, frankly, that the Republicans win the next midterm. I don't hide my my political leanings. On the other hand, I think it'd be insane if the Democrats continued down this road because the strategy might not have changed, but it's like I'm watching a football game and and they said, we're going to come out and throw the ball. Well, now the wind's blowing at 60 miles per hour. And by that, I mean the American people have become very, very cynical about investigations in general as as made clear by the poll that came out last week, I think it was, before the results of the Mueller investigation even came out, you have 50% saying, yeah, this is a witch hunt. I mean, if you continue to throw a ball in the face of that 60-mile-per-hour wind, I think you're crazy.
1: No, I I think you're right, Joe, but I think what the the challenge is for the Democrats is this. They have a progressive base that is increasingly becoming influential in, in how the Democratic mainstream thinks and and those folks I'm talking about Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez etc these folks are going to continue with that same strategy vis-a-vis the president so they're not going to change and they're going to place tremendous pressure on those who might want to take a more moderate line let's say someone like Joe Biden or even Nancy Pelosi who wants to say look let's focus on ways in which the Trump administration might not be serving the American people whatever the line they want to take is those folks are going to be outshouted by uh, the progressive left. And I think the progressive left would love to continue to go after President Trump. And And it doesn't matter what the Mueller report says. I mean, they've been laying the groundwork for this for the last week. They've said, look, the Mueller report is fine. We want to, first of all, they're, they're saying they want to see the whole report. And second of all, they're saying, You know, regardless of what happens in the report, you've got all sorts of different pending investigations in the Southern District of New York, et cetera. So I I don't imagine, Joe, the strategy is going to change a whole lot for many Democrats, but I would hope um, for, for, for the sake of political competitiveness, that they would take a different line.
2: So, Lonnie, if you were in charge, then of White House messaging, and I think that would be a huge step forward if you were. Um, but if you were in charge, what other than obviously there is no collusion? What themes would you really hammer in the coming weeks and and few months? Um, in contrast to what you just described.
1: Well, I would I would come back to this basic point, which is that the that the fundamentals of the economy at this point look look pretty good americans by and large are doing well which is not to say that there aren't any problems president trump's policies have been um have have been relatively positive uh, for many americans i would focus on how the administration is trying to do what it can to improve the lives of americans while democrats are busy uh perpetuating this witch hunt that even bob Mueller, even somebody that they had said was a was a neutral arbiter of the fact even he has said that there was nothing there and yet they continue to be obsessed with trump while they're obsessed with trump trump is obsessed with helping the american people and 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 that's the message i would come back to i imagine that they're going to spend a couple of days by the way because the president will want to take a victory lap on this And I do hope they they move beyond that to to begin to address the substance, because I do think the president's got a case to run for reelection on. That's pretty solid.
2: Right. Well, listen, I may be asking a, a horse to play the clarinet here, but I've got to believe if in the last month of the campaign, Trump could adopt a listen. I know I rub a lot of people the wrong way. It's just it's me. And and I don't. I'm sorry about that, but I really care about this country, If he could be a little self-effacing, a little, I understand. I piss you people off. I understand. I'm a tough guy to take. You know, assuming that there are no giant historic changes as to what's going on in the country, I could see that being really, really effective.
1: Yeah, and 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 I think he could he could do quite well. I mean, I think he could. Um, he, he could win more states than he did in 2016, even and and a larger percentage of the of the popular vote. I, I would also say, you know, the, the one thing just to go back to the short term impact of this report. There had been a lot of talk, you know, amongst the media, especially about, you know, will there be a Republican challenge or two the president, I think the outcome of the Mueller report all but guarantees there will not be a serious challenge to the president from within the Republican Party. So he's going to be running unopposed, whereas the Democrats are going to have a a bloodbath here over the next six months.
2: Lon Hee Chen is the host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon Hee Chen. Do you have any thoughts on the question of obstruction of justice? Uh, I I thought that was really interesting. To me, the special counsel said, yeah, there's stuff that looks like it, but there's stuff that makes it look like probably not, and there wasn't an underlying crime, so just, I don't know. I mean, that's more or less what he said.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, what, it, it was interesting. I mean, that's the line, obviously, that opponents of the president are seizing on to say that, that the special counsel wasn't able to exonerate the president of, of the charge of obstruction. There, there's two things to bear in mind here. One is the, the special counsel makes the point, according to the attorney general's letter, that everything the president had done potentially that could make up an obstruction charge was done in public. So it's not like there's anything secretive or furtive that's going on here. If you believe what the president did, made out a case for obstruction, everything he did was in public. So right. That's the first point. The second point is, look, it, it, it's up to the charging authority, in this case the attorney general, to determine whether whether the the accumulated evidence makes up a charge of obstruction. And, and, and so I think the special counsel felt, look – we, we certainly don't have enough to pass judgment. The attorney general felt they, that he and his team didn't have enough to pass judgment. And, and, and so I think this is one of those things where, to the extent there is any political wiggle room for the Democrats to argue the Mueller report was harmful to Trump, they're going to seize on this point. But this point is such a specific point of law that I don't think they're going to have a very, very good time trying to actually make headway out of this one. Fair but enough. It's, a, it's political fodder, to be sure.
2: Would you agree with me that uh, I posited earlier in the show that Donald J. Trump, real estate magnate, Simply took too much of his management playbook into the Oval Office with him and saying, look, this project is dead. It's, it, it's stupid. Like, for instance, the Flynn investigation or the Russia collusion investigation. He was being a CEO saying, you know, this, this hotel is never going to make money. We got to close it. It's dumb. And, and which is fine as a real estate magnate, but as president, it looks like obstruction of justice. I think that's probably what happened.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think that there are a lot of things about – first of all, nobody's prepared to be president on day one. I don't care how many jobs you've had before that might qualify you. And, and add to that the fact that you know Donald Trump came out of a private sector culture that's pretty different from a political culture, from, from being a politician before. So, yeah, I think there was a learning curve. I think the way that he conducted himself probably was very similar to how he conducted himself in the private sector. So I think you're absolutely right on that account. And, and, I, and I do think that, again, the special counsel by, by saying essentially, look, if you wanted to claim obstruction, obstruction of justice, there is nothing else you need to know or there's nothing else you need to look at than what he did publicly. You can decide that in my mind, the president can certainly use to his favor because he can say, look, the, the only thing they're alleging is stuff that's out of the open. So you, you be the judge if you think this was what it was. But I think you're absolutely right. It, it goes back to his conduct as a businessman. And I think a lot of people would say, yeah, I mean, as a businessman, I completely understand that. Now, as president, the standard's different. But, um, you know, I don't think it's enough to, to, to create a dent in Trump's uh, armor going forward.
2: Uh, what's uh, Crossing Lines with Hee Chen going to be about this week?
1: Well, we haven't done an episode in a little while, in part because I've been on vacation. Uh, Good man. But we, we are going we, we to spin back up. I, I've got a couple of guests in the hopper for the coming week, some working on the on, on economic policy, some talking a little bit about the future of the healthcare care debate. But this week we're going to do something on Mueller, have to figure out who the guest is going to be, but uh, but but hopefully it'll be something good, and, and we'll have that episode out by the end of the week, I think.
2: Well, if you run out of actual smart people to talk to, we'll talk to you. But uh, anyway. No, that would
1: be fun. We, we, <laughs> we have to do that sometime. No,
2: hey, we, we really do. That'd be a lot of fun. We'd be delighted. Absolutely. It'd be an honor. Lonhee Che Chen is the host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lonhee Chen, a fellow at the Hoover Institution, heads up the Domestic Policy Department at Stanford. Lonhee, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a million.
1: Thanks, Joe. Have a good day.
2: You got it. Uh, So, yeah, I just – it's funny. I'm so much more into governance than politics. Jack's usually the guy who really, really wants to talk about the politics of this stuff. But I'm telling you, just going forward – the whole, we've got to investigate. I, I just think the the amount of eye-rolling on the right and in the center over that very idea is, well, I think it's going to be overwhelming. And, and listen, I'm not saying it's completely nuts. If you can uncover the fact that you know, Donald Trump actually was the guy who committed the Son of Sam murders in the '80s, or something like that. I mean, I, that, well, that was the '70s, I guess. But I mean, go ahead, I suppose, because that would hurt the hell out of him in the uh, the 2020 election. But I just, uh, I don't love your chances in coming up with something like that. And you got 50 percent of Americans at least thinking it's all witch hunting So, Well, good luck, Adam Schiff. Uh, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.